Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of WrestleOnyx Radio. We're here in the basement in Lackawanna, New York, on location. Not really on location, but we're in a location here. Grapplers Anonymous Professional Wrestling Training School. I'm here alongside Chris Gull is going to help me out today because we have emergency news. Breaking news. Breaking emergency news. Breaking news. And I'm right next to a fern, so this is like perfect. We are. So if you hear some ambient noise, it's just people bumping in the ring. But uh, big news broke today. Uh, Chris Gull, who joined us last time, if you actually listened to the show that long, he was here for our Man on the Street uh, analysis of the WWE Q2 and, uh, and Pro Wrestling Q2 industry report. So, But we have big news. NXT is going to the USA Network on Wednesday nights on September 18th. It's going to go head-to-head with AEW, but now we'll let Chris Gullo go through the news, and then we'll talk about it and discuss it. Yeah, we'll get right into the news. NXT is moving to the USA Network according to a WWE press release issued Wednesday morning. Beginning September 18th, NXT will be expanded to a two-hour program and will broadcast at 8 p.m. on Wednesday nights. Now, Seeking Alpha frames it as a shot across the bow of rival Ali Wrestling on TNT, which is going to air in the same time slot beginning October 2nd. There's been debate like when we start hearing about this, where is it going to air from? It's going to air live from Full Sail. Uh, where it currently tapes every week, every week. Oh so God. there's going to be no road to road like AEW is doing. Now Vince McMahon did say in the press release over the long term, our goal is to develop a following that can be monetized to the same level as our flagship programs, Raw and SmackDown. Uh, NXT TV, though, for you network uh, fans, is not going to believe in there. It's going to be there Thursday nights at 8 p.m. and it's going to remain exclusive to that for the replays. But if you only have the network and you're not a cable subscriber. You're, you don't get it until a day later. Yes. Okay. Via Seeking Alpha, a domestic deal covering NXT could be worth 50 to $100 million a year. That's a lot of money. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. Um, with the EBITDA margin. What is that? What is that? What is that? 65%. What, how do you say that acronym? EB e- what? EBITDA. 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 What does that stand for? Uh, you told me and I forgot. <laughs> Earnings before... uh. Where is it? Earnings before interest. Where's the, where's the, uh, see, I don't even know. I'm a simple man, ladies and gentlemen. Where's, where's the, uh, I don't, where's it on our, on our run sheet here? Da-na. Uh, earnings before interest. I, I don't even, oh, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. It's, it's a form of profit, basically, is what they're saying. It's a profit margin of 65%. Yeah. And according, and that was according to MKM Partners, and they're a financial firm headquartered in Stanford, Connecticut. So that's interesting Interesting yeah. to know that there's a financial firm that just happens to be headquartered in the same city that, that WWE is headquartered. Maybe, they, I don't know, maybe they have some inside information. Maybe that was just merely speculation and estimate. Not clear. Uh, Meltzer did say on the Wrestling Observer report that the NXT deal was worth at least $50 million to WWE, and that's from someone who would know the situation exactly. So Meltzer said, yes. Yes. That, so uh, NXT will become a profitable brand in their eyes. Yeah. Even even when you count in the the performance center expense, that would fifty million and a year would you're probably not cover. touring, and I don't think do they charge for tickets at full sale. I believe they do not. I think they do. They yes, do. They okay. Do. Yes. But still, I mean, the, the gates there is not like touring. Uh, and new analysis from other firms vary in their estimates of the value of the deal. Of course, they these are not in Stanford, Connecticut. But J.P. Morgan actually estimates is worth uh, worth seventy million annually, and the actual value could vary significantly higher or lower, largely depending on how much competition. 
there was for the rights. And Guggenheim estimates $30 million annually. WWE stock price was up 3.6% on the day to about 74 uh, and a half per share at the close of trading on Wednesday. So, yeah. Here we have it. There's, there's the bullet points on the news. I feel like all these stats and statistics, like on a business move, it's smart, but it, the, we know this was surely not a financial move. Well, I, I don't know. You would think I had a tweet thread, uh, like yesterday when this, uh, when I saw the, uh, the email update come in from Seeking Alpha, which noted that MCAM said it was worth between 50 and 100 million dollars. And, uh, it just seemed weird to me that you would take a, a, you know, this piece of content that you've got on the network and then, you know, all of a sudden you would put it on, on the USA network, uh, if it wasn't for any other reason than, than to be competitive with AEW, which, I mean, say what you want about that being predatory or not. I mean, maybe that is a, a good economic decision to go, uh, head up against your competition. I, I mean, I think, I don't think that that's definitely clear that it is a good economic decision to do what they're doing against AEW in the way that they're doing it. It seems weird that you wouldn't take that deal earlier if it, if it was really worth as much as 50 to 100 million. But, and why um, wouldn't you put it on Tuesdays? Where you already have a built-in base. <laughs> you is, have a built-in base, 8 to 10, on the USA Network. That is, that is a good question. No, clearly I think this is motivated by wanting to compete directly with AEW. And uh, and to say, then we're not going to take SmackDown or Raw to face AEW. We're going to take you know the, our you know developmental brand. Which in, which in many ways is apt, I think, to, to put NXT up against uh, AEW. Because of the kind of audience that they draw and the kind of products that they are. Yeah, I think the fan base and the work style is very similar. Yeah, but I've got some analysis to run through. So if, if the NXT deal is a one-year deal, which that's one of the questions we don't know the answer to, is what are the terms of the deal, not just in the, the amount of money that it's worth, but the length of the deal. So, like for example, we know that the Raw and SmackDown deals with USA Network and with Fox are for five years. Uh, I don't know if this is a one-year deal or what it is. If it's worth 50 to $100 million, that's like somewhere between like 25% or maybe a little less than 25% or maybe as much as 50% of what the uh, the raw deal is worth on an annual basis. I think another factor here, why they went to the USA Network, obviously there was a lot of discussion for, I, really for months, there was you know quiet rumors about whether or not maybe NXT would go to FS1. There's going to be this shoulder program, some sort of studio show that's going to be on FS1 for WWE. Waller's going to do something, I guess. Is that it? Um, so there's talk that, that NXT would go to, to FS1, but it ended up on the USA Network, and I think a big component and why it's more attractive for WWE to be on the USA Network is because uh, let's look at the uh, the household coverage for the USA Network. It's 90 million households in the US. FS1, 83 million. That's pretty good too. But the average viewership for the USA Network across the network, according to an article from Deadline in 2000, at the end of 2018, it was about 1.48 million. That's ranked number one. So it's, it's the number one cable channel out there. Uh, FS1 didn't even make the top 30, and the, the bottom of the top 30 was uh, about 400,000. So it's somewhere less than 440,000 for FS1. So not only is uh, the USA Network in a, li- a little bit more homes, right? It's it's 90 million homes. That's about the peak that you're going to get on cable in the US. Uh, FS1 is just a little bit below that. But more importantly, USA Network is just a higher profile network that, that lots of people are already watching some programming on. Whereas FS1, not so much. Yeah, being a sports fan too, um, FS1 really is not, it's not the first go-to. It's not even the second go-to because if you don't go to ESPN, you go to ESPN too. 
and that, and then there's NBC Sports and CBS Sports, and just my personal opinion, FS1 is not my go-to on sports. It's probably four or five. Uh, and the you, po- you more are a sports viewer, Chris Gold, than yes. I. Yeah. Uh, just the analysis and, 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 and everything that's on there and the games and everything they have. And you actually, uh, put something on here in analysis, yeah. which Speaking I, of sports. I, I thought of this too. You know, will college basketball preempt mm-hmm. NXT if it was on Wednesdays? And I know that college basketball airs a lot midweek on that, those networks. So, so the Voices of Wrestling, which we are broadcasting right now on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. So thanks to them. But uh, the Voices of Wrestling Twitter account, uh, you know, a week or two ago had a good tweet thread, but they seemed to know what they were talking about in terms of, I don't know if it, what the conference is of, of college basketball that FS1 airs on Wednesday night. It, it seemed that, if NXT went on uh, Wednesday night on FS1, it's quite possible they would be preempted several times throughout the year. Yeah. So maybe there's there was that disadvantage to that con uh, that USA Network didn't have against it. Especially November through February, where you're really going to try to build your base. Um, yeah. Real quick, another interesting note too. Like and like I said, you know, this a lot about the numbers, but I like to put in the conspiracy theories and stuff of course. like that. You're wearing you're wearing a tinfoil hat, tinfoil so, hat right so now. So USA was on verge of losing SmackDown, which they are, but of course they just picked up NXT. But there was a little news story that broke this past week about the Chrisleys, where they would lose two other programs. If the Chrisleys do go to jail for tax fraud. What? There's two Chrisley reality you're, series. You're telling me new information here. Yes. Christella. The Chrisleys are, were indicted. The Chrisleys have been indicted. <laughs> for, for tax fraud. Does David Bickenspan know about this? I, I heard him talk about it. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. The, uh, but yeah, no, the, I believe that the word tax indicted. Fraud, huh? But yes, the oh Chrisleys are in trouble. Oh and they, not only there's a series about the family, but there's a series about the daughter and, and, and the son. There's spinoffs of the Chrisleys? Yes. It's that successful. Yeah. So you'd be losing three very well-known programs on the number one cable network by the time October hits. Because All I you're going to have left is wrestling then. You know. USA network. <laughs> so, but I, I, I know it sounds, but yeah. I know how TV execs sometimes they are. Like, they're impulsive. Well, and oh man, we're losing a Chris Lee's and just like I, I could just see the craziness. And they love reality programming based on WWE. You see Ms. Maurice, yeah. You know, uh, Austin's got his new show on there. So right, true. Yeah, I mean, I, I when we start to talk about the television industry, I, I feel a little bit more out of my depth. But you know, you know, I don't know. My impression is, look, there's there's less and less programming out there to keep the bundle together, and uh, live programming is it. You know, and uh, NXT, they're, apparently they're willing to, to make it go live. So, and they're apparently, I don't know, maybe it's only worth $30 million on an annual basis. Maybe it's worth less than that. I don't know. But, you know, WWE's going to get a lot of money to, to do it. So, let's talk about ad rates, though. So, it it just seems like, is 50 to $100 million just a ridiculous, and again, that's not confirmed or anything, but that's, that's what MKM says. Uh, and again, with the notes that you went through, uh, JP Morgan says 70 million. So that would put it about in the middle of 50 and 100. Guggenheim says 30 million. To think about like how much money will the USA Network make back on a program like NXT in terms of ad rates. Um, when I looked it up earlier today, NXT, when it aired on the USA Network in, I think it's December 2017, did about 841,000 viewers. Totally forgot about that. So yeah, people forget about that. And that was at a 7 p.m. time slot, not an 8 o'clock time slot. 
is a one-hour show, as it is at this moment, not a two-hour show, as it will be starting September 18th. So I think we can say, well, what what is that? That's about half of SmackDown. So uh, I, I think ad rates for SmackDown and Raw, somewhere around $20,000 per ad. Let's say NXT is going to be a little bit less than that. You know, I think Raw and SmackDown are maybe a little bit more than 20000 So let's say uh, NXT is worth like $15,000 per ad, something like that. Uh, if it's a two-hour show, that means there's 60 slots at 30 seconds apiece. So it would come out to like $46, $47 million annually. So if, if the deal is worth, you know... 50 to 100 million. That, say it's only worth 50 million. That almost covers it in terms of ad revenue. Of course, when you're a cable channel, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but when you're a cable channel, your two main sources of revenue are ad revenue that you get from advertisers and commercials, obviously, and then the money that you get from cable and satellite providers for the carriage fees that they pay you for the right to, to carry the USA network. So just an ad revenue, I think it gets covered almost completely if it's only 50 million dollars. And then you can justify it through, you know, it's it's just justifying your, your carriage rates that you uh, charge cable and satellite providers. So maybe it's worth it. That seems plausible to me. I had some people talking to me saying this is an outrageous price. And uh, it, it did sound outrageous at first to me. But when I thought about it like that, it seems more reasonable. Yeah, I mean, could it could it get to $100 million quickly? And besides, the USA Network wants to keep its number one ranking. And if you're breaking this news to me that... That uh, the Chrisleys are in trouble. They are in trouble, and they're a big part of that network programming. I know you laugh, but I'm shocked. I believe it. That. I believe <laughs> it that they are. Is that like the number two show besides WWE for them? I, I, I wouldn't have that statistic right off the hand, but I will look. I'm gonna have to assign you some uh, some homework to do. Go through, I could be go, definitely your TV guru go through, guy. Like. Go through Showbuzz Daily, Chris Gullo, and let me know what the number <laughs> number two USA Network program is. So. Yeah. It, and if, uh, say if you want to, you know, go on the more pessimistic and maybe NXT ads are only worth $10,000 per spot, that still gives them $31 million to make there. And again, that's on an annual basis. That's the, the research that I did quickly this afternoon that I think I wanted to go through. The rest can, can just be us wildly speculating. Um, again, we don't know how long the term of this deal is. I would, I would suspect that it's longer than a one year deal, but who knows? NXT is kind of an unproven property on, uh, pay TV. So, so who knows? Um, how does this, how does this affect NXT talent pay? This should increase NXT talent pay. I, I would guess that it probably will. My impression, and again, I think very little is known other than by the, the performers themselves about how much talent is making. Um, and I, I, I well believe that main roster talent has gotten a significant increase as far as the people who have signed new deals recently. Uh, we hear reports that like, uh, Gallows and Anderson have gotten like half a million dollar annual deals. Uh, it's not something they would have gotten six months ago, maybe, <laughs> or a year ago. I think developmental talent, maybe getting low six figures, maybe the top names in NXT, low six figures, something like that. Uh, that should increase with this deal. Yeah. And at, at least their TV fees would, would go up because it's not like they're just doing TV at full sale for the network. They're doing TV at full sale for USA Network which is returning big money for them now. Bigger yeah. money anyway. We saw a, a real big surge a few months ago in them signing a lot of top indie guys in like the Shane Strickland's and the Trevor Lee's, uh, you know, on top of what they already have and ACH and all those guys. And like, 
and those guys were making very, very good money on the independence. So I, I, I think that they kind of started this process. I feel like they wanted to eventually be live. Are you saying that W is not stockpiling talent to stockpile talent, but is, but is signing all this talent to actually do something with them? Because they have a two out, because they knew all along they were going to do it. I, I, I'm not saying that, but I feel like once they, I, they probably stockpiled the talent out of the competition thing, but then was like, well, we should do something with this. But I don't think they were lowballing a lot of guys. Mm. Like they probably gave Trevor Lee a lot more money than he would have gotten in 2017. Yeah. That's for sure. They would have, you know, same thing with Shane Strickland, but it had to be a pretty nice deal for a guy like Shane Strickland who literally was working everywhere. You know, to say, you know what, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I don't know. I think I I would guess that, and I, I think this was the case a few years ago. That was that if you were a top guy or, or top girl in the Indies, you were, and you were offered a WWE developmental deal, you were probably taking less money than you were making on the Indies between your, you know, your performance fees and your merch, especially your merch, right? Because everybody's producing and selling their own merch, as opposed to getting a tiny slice of it, but. You you would sign a deal with the WWE in developmental, and you'd be getting less money at first. But it's for the the gamble that you're going to make it to the main roster and and make hundreds of thousands of dollars and perhaps become a millionaire if you have a successful run. Um, so what kind of viewership? We got NXT going on uh, live on on September 18th, unopposed for two weeks, right? Two or three weeks there before AEW goes up against them on October that's 2nd. That's very strategic in my opinion too. Yeah. Do you think that's good or bad though? Um, so I think the first show, they haven't said what the first show is, but I think the first show is going to be kind of like a recap. Like these are the big moments. They may air Gargano and Cole from TakeOver. Like I think they're going to show kind of the big moments, introduce characters, stuff like that. The purpose of the show the week after that is to do a live show to get out the kinks. So by that second live show, their full system's going. That's the first head to head with AEW. Are you a weekly NXT viewer? I admit I am not. I have not been in a while. Yeah. I think a lot of people are like that, don't you think? Um, they, they would know. I mean, WWE would know what their viewership trends are like because they, they have full access to all the analytics on the network. Um, but I, I, I do get the sense that NXT has become slightly less popular over the last couple of years. Um, their, their attendance is all, is, isn't like dramatically down. I don't think it's down in a way that is alarming, but it is down. They'll somewhat. still sell out the takeovers. Probably for a while yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, but I think as far as like a viewership prediction, I think it'll do, they'll, they'll probably hype it up and it'll, it'll do maybe slightly over a million for those two weeks that it runs unopposed. I wonder that's about what impact got on Spike. So one point one ish, I think, like those yeah. areas. Yeah. So that and then so it's going to run for those two or three weeks. We should, you know, some some should grab a calendar here while we're talking about this to see exactly how many, how many Wednesdays before October second. Uh, so eighteen, eighteen twenty five. No, only two weeks. It's two. That. That's why I feel yeah. like the first show is an introduction show, which is not live. They said it's not live. Oh really? It is okay. not, and that second show is live. And I, okay. why? This is a very smart move on their behalf to really, oh, because there's going to be some issues. You even if you watch that, that oh super, my god, Golo. Even if you watch that Super Bowl thing, there the was, halftime heat. Your halftime heat. Yeah, there was still some things to work out, like kinks. That was at stuff. the performance center. Yeah, and that, and that was at the performance center. Um, I feel like they just they haven't done live in a long time from Full Sail. I think the yeah. last time they did yeah, was maybe over. the first takeover. All, right? all the takeovers were at full sale at first. The first couple, yeah. So 
I think this is work out the kinks. So when the next week we're going head to head with a company that has to work out their kinks in the first live. Yeah, I mean AEW's done live shows a handful of times now. Um, that is true, but now it's a two-hour format on yeah, a uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it'll be. I'm sure it'll be challenges. Um, but do you think it's would it be smarter for them to wait until October second to to do their first NXT show so that you know you don't have the feeling of like, all right, I've seen what NXT is doing on the USA Network for two weeks, so now I'm really as a viewer going to concentrate on what AEW is doing because that's their debut. Well, let me ask you this, though. Would you rather have just, okay, both these companies, same day, don't know what's going on? Or would you have a week before where, like, oh, there's a cliffhanger. Oh, now I'm kind of invested in to see who actually shows up or what happens in this Chompa angle or whatever. Then say, oh, I have the choice between the two. They're going to do something big on the 20th, I believe 25th. They're going to do something big around that time, around that time period. I, I guess you, you have to. Th- believe then that there's a large new audience for them to find you know what i mean like but because they are they're going from this w network which you know has what a million and a half subscribers roughly to a usa network that's got 90 million subscribers obviously that doesn't mean that that proportion is gonna is gonna carry over for viewership but uh the, you got to believe i think then based on the argument that you're saying that there's a that there's a pretty decent pool of People who aren't watching NXT who are going to start. I think so. And I think Raw and SmackDown are going to plaster it. Yeah. And I guess I, when I say I think there's going to be like a million viewers at first, I don't believe there's a million people watching, despite no. the fact that there's over a million W Network subscribers. I don't believe that there's a million people watching NXT every week. I think there's a couple hundred thousand. They'll have main roster stars on the first few episodes. I think that's a definite. Like, Do you think there'll be an NXT reunion on October 2nd? Joe comes back and some guys like that. I mean, there could be. I I think they're going to definitely they'll they'll do maybe Rollins versus Cole, something like that. I think they're going to. I think they're going to come out hot. Yeah, I've seen the, the best minds of my generation destroyed by nostalgia. Will NXT? The big question on everybody's mind: Will NXT become a Vince McMahon production? I think touring, yes, but because it's not going to tour and it's going to stay in full sale, it may not, not at first. He may, like, from what I'm, and all the reports I'm reading is, is that it's still Triple H's baby, but who knows if Vince is going to take the, the jet down to Orlando on Wednesday. I think, I guess I think it depends on what the comparison and viewership is between NXT in AEW, if I had to guess. Let's say a couple months from now, NXT is doing a lower viewership number than AEW, which I think is entirely possible. Then I think Vince says, well, we've got to maybe go to arenas, go to larger venues, go outside of full sale, and maybe Vince get, gets his hands more in involved. In, That's when he does. When they tour, he's definitely going to. Maybe Vince, Vince then gets his hands more involved in the creative process. I think if that happens, then I think NXT will, the thing that that has made NXT popular, whatever you want to say that that is, will start to become diminished and will start to become less present in the programming. And the program will become even less popular if that happens, I think. I think the big difference between NXT and, and WWE is, you know, there's, there's one person in charge of, of one of them and there's another person in charge of the other one. And, uh, and the reason why the trajectory of NXT over the last several years has been upward is because you've, you've got somebody who's a good booker there 
And the reason why the trajectory of a lot of metrics in WWE have, have gone downward is you got somebody who doesn't know how to cultivate stars there. And, uh, wow. that's the difference. And I think it'll be interesting because Vince McMahon's never had to be in creative control of a second tier promotion or second tier brand wrestling product, except for XFL, of course. But he's never had to be in, in control of a second tier wrestling product. I think Vince's poor creative and poor ability to create stars has always been protected for these last many years by the fact that main roster WWE is undeniably the major league of pro wrestling. And it's on the, in the big hockey basketball arenas and it's got the, the most expensive production values. He won't have that in an NXT. He'll, he'll have a product that's clearly like by definition, this a second tier product compared to his main roster. I look at the lessons of like TNA I mean, NXT, that, if you got an NXT that's poorly booked and not enjoyable to watch, at least insofar as it is now, I think people would agree that, you know, NXT is a pretty good show. Maybe it's not as good as it, as it was a couple of years ago or whatever, but you know, NXT has got the reputation of being a good wrestling product. If NXT is not a good wrestling product anymore, then NXT is basically just TNA. And what happened with TNA is that it's, it was a, a promotion from Orlando that, became, you know, less trustworthy with its audience that it was going to put on good shows. And then eventually NXT or <laughs> eventually TNA couldn't sell tickets anymore. And, uh, and I think what, what could happen is if, if Vince gets in control of NXT to the extent that he's in control of, of Raw and SmackDown, you're going to end up with an NXT that's not able to sell tickets in the way that it is now, despite the fact that it, it will have gone from being on the, the WWE network to a far larger distribution platform in the USA network. And I think that would be like, in, in a sense, paradoxical to think that NXT could be elevated from from a, 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 a relatively small subscription video service to a, a a huge national number one rated cable channel, and then actually draw a, a lower attendance. But I think that is that is a scenario that's that could very well play out, which I, I could see could be triggered by the by uh, if we get the result of AEW beating NXT consistently in viewership. I. So when, 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 when breaking this down and, you know, Vince being involved, I think one of the things that NXT has always done well, and I will admit I haven't watched weekly, but when it once in a while is, is they can keep a lot of guys incorporated and interested and not use them every week. They've been very good at really taking advantage of that one hour time slot and they'll be doing storylines and angles with 18 to 20 guys. And you may see one guy one week. And then not see him for three weeks and still be invested in his match at TakeOver or his angle. That's stuff that we have not seen on WWE TV in a long time. Like, they, they just, these are the guys, these are the guys, these are the guys, these are the guys. Like, they don't, even when Roman Reigns gets hit with a forklift or his car gets hit, he's still on TV the next week. Right. right. Brushes it off. <laughs> you, you know, so, no uh, and, and, and that's where I, I hope it stays like that. And you talked about one guy in charge or one guy another. I think it's more collaborative on the NXT side. I feel like Regal probably has a lot of influence, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't deny that. All, all I'm saying is like it, wrestling in, in, in like some of my direct experience, a lot of it just comes down to leadership. If you've got, uh, strong leaders, then, uh, things come together well. If you've got poor leaders, things don't come together so well. So when, and when I m- mention, uh, NXT attendance, we do get NXT attendance broken out in, in the SEC filings. And, and right now, yeah, this is including the Florida loop as well as the national loop. Um, nine, uh, 700 to 900 is the average attendance. The average ticket prices over the last several quarters has ranged between $40 and $55. 
And in the full year of 2018, $6.5 million in revenue for live events. So, again, you think about that in, in the uh, comparison to $50 million in a TV rights fee, at a minimum, according to Meltzer, you know, that's about 10 times that. So, um, now, does the touring schedule change? Or because they have so many people signed, do they still do the Florida Loop? I mean, does Vince... Maybe Vince doesn't on TV, but Vince goes, oh, we have a touring brand. You got to put them on the road every weekend. You know, does that happen? Do they have to start running mid-level I don't cities? Know. I, I, would, I would guess they continue to do kind of what they're doing. They're their own. I, I, I don't know. I always expect the Florida Loop to continue as it is. I would expect the National Loop to continue as it is. Um, I would, I, I, they would probably hope and that, you know, they're on a bigger channel now, so maybe they can draw bigger crowds and, and maybe they'll have to elevate their venues. Well, here's another theory. Do they have a long-term plan where... And they, instead of the Florida Loop shows, which really help a lot of the newer guys come in mm-hmm. and their smaller level mm-hmm. shows, does Evolve replace that, basically? Where, because the, it's pretty much confirmed Evolve's going on a network, so it's Progress and other brands when they do the tiers. I don't know. I, th- I think you've got the NXT brand. You still want to use that to draw people even in the Florida Loop. Does it look bad, stronger- though, that like you have a show on USA Network and then it's going to be in... Uh, a, ve- a fire hall in front of 150 people? Does that look? I don't know. Maybe the, the, uh, if USA Network doesn't care, I don't know. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it's a big a big deal, but we'll see. No, yeah, I think the, you're you're, you're going to putting more exposure on it. So things like that are going to get critiqued. Yeah, it's like okay, so here's this big brand on the USA Network, number one cable network, but you guys drew 115 in a little fire hall. Mm-hmm. And I get the purpose of those shows. I think they're great for those guys to, you know, especially. I mean, I, I can see that being the comments. case, but like they would almost have to purchase evolve maybe at that point. Cause I don't see WN in itself about to take the undertaking of, of running however many Florida shows are involved in that tour. That's a lot of shows. I just think if they, and, they, they and fund know, them to run every weekend, and I don't know they are, they send guys And I don't away. know that those, those Florida shows really, really run at a profit, you know? No, they, they can't, so, they can't run at a profit. So WN's not going to just voluntarily take on non-profitable shows. I'm know? just saying we're, use those guys, you just then fund, evolve to run every weekend wherever they are. Yeah, or just invent yet another brand and, and call that the Florida Loop, you know? <laughs> that could be too. Yeah. Does 205 Live survive this, uh, this situation? I don't know. I have no idea. Um, Here's another, another thought I had. I, I don't know if Vince understands why NXT is is a good counter program to, to AEW, which I think it is. Again, what what I kind of said at the beginning of our recording here, NXT is is in some ways an ideal counter to AEW because it's the hot new brand, newer anyway. It's more focused on good match quality. It's got guys who are more fresh off the indies. Um, well, look at the main guys. Would Adam Cole be in an AEW? 100%. Yeah. Would a Tom- Tommaso Ciampa be in an AEW? 100%. Like those guys that are fit that mold, like if they were free agents right now, they're most likely working for Tony Khan. <laughs> you know, down the board, it's not like we're talking about these big hulking guys like, you know, of the NXT from a few years ago where you got Rusev and, and you got LaRufa and all those guys. Like, Maybe those guys aren't fit, but yeah, I mean, Rusev's amazing. What are you talking about? But anyway, my, the, my, my, in, in back day, I my, love my Rusev point now. Is, I'm talking Rusev to, you know, NXT on. I, 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 by the way, I have a Rusev shirt, I will admit. And, uh, I but, but I haven't. you wear a WWE shirt. Well, this, <laughs> let me explain. 
it's you know it's the shirt that several years ago it came out and it's like a gold medal or something and but it's got like the Russian flag on it. Doesn't seem, but it was bought like in 2015 or something by me. Doesn't seem quite appropriate now in 2019 to wear a Russian flag on my chest though. <laughs> so, uh, what was I saying here? I, I guess I think if, if Vince gets his hands on an NXT, I don't know, I don't know that he understands what makes NXT as, as special as it does, or if he gets his hands on NXT, he's going to make it not be the thing that made it special. He's going to think that it needs to be more mainstream in some way, and he's going to change the identity of, of NXT in a way that makes it less marketable. Yeah, I, I just think it breaks down the, the how the televisions ran. You, I just think it go emphasis from like, hey, here's ten to twelve guys we really want to go into. Like, hey, here's four to six guys mm-hmm. and girls that we really want to invest in. I just think it becomes centered around a few and nothing else. Uh, here's so, and and when we're thinking about this, and this is more just the booking side of things, but like, what happens with when like when you want to call someone to Raw or SmackDown? Like now you're hurting a television product. Like you can't just take Tommaso Ciampa off if he's the main guy or Adam Cole because that could hurt your ratings on the USA network. There's more at stake. Do you do a, do you do a trade swap? Is it going to be so much a, another brand that Mm. main roster guys just go there? Probably. You you know, we saw the kind of maybe the jump in the gun of the Alistair Blacks and the Ricochets. Do they just go back? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, maybe not Ricochet, but Alistair Black could be a guy that he's kind of doing some stuff, but maybe he just goes right back to NXT. Does the Ascension finally get their break to be, you know, to, to go back again? Maybe the 10 years, what you're saying is maybe the 10 years of a lot of people being on NXT last a lot longer. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point to raise. Like, yeah, but yeah, I'm just saying, like, now it's not the whole, it, it's almost like you trade the talent. Like, if you're going to put Tommaso Ciampa on Raw or SmackDown, you got to be giving them somebody. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, so there's like maybe you take somebody who's, we're not really doing anything with so-and-so on Raw or so-and-so on SmackDown. Well, we're going we're gonna to take top guy from NXT. Let's let's give him a couple people that we're not doing anything with here on Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's I, I that's got to because they're going to lose. if if There's no main roster call-ups anymore, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Or they just do like they did with ECW and didn't really... They just take the guys anyways. Mm-hmm. And uh, one, one other point I wanted to, to get to here, and this kind of recalls on a, what I think is a, a, a new theme and a pretty consistent theme in, in, in W business. WWE is more than ever, as the years have gone on, just in these last five years or so, has become less of a direct-to-consumer business in terms of the, where they get the revenue from, the percentage of the revenue, it's less about getting that revenue directly from wrestling fans. And it's more about getting that money from other businesses. Obviously, their, their biggest piece of revenue is ab- about what this entire episode is about. It's about getting more money from TV partners. That is their biggest source of revenue, and that's going to be multiplied once these new deals for Ron SmackDown kick in. On October 1st, WWE gets a lot, gets some money from the W network directly from consumers. They get some money from ticket sales directly from consumers. Those, those areas are, are declining though. Uh, they get money from merchandise sales. That's declining. Um, they get money from their licensing partners to do things like, you know, make toys and, uh, do video games. 
They make some money from YouTube revenue. That's from YouTube, not directly from consumers. So beyond wrestling, which, full disclosure, I've been known to work for, um, noted on Twitter, quoting the, the line from Vince in the press release of where, he, where Vince says, over the long term, our goal is to develop a following, this is for NXT, that can be monetized to the same level as our flagship programs. And we know how enormous those deals were for Raw and SmackDown with an average annual value of some reports $225 million for Raw, $265 million for Raw, somewhere in that range, $205 million average annual value for SmackDown. So enormous, right? And we're talking about NXT getting maybe 50 to 100. So, so that's what Vince says. He wants to get NXT to, to be as, you know, as monetized maybe as Raw and SmackDown someday. And beyond wrestling, uh, said on Twitter. So it's got nothing to do with what the fans want, nothing to do with what's best for the wrestlers, and nothing to do with the quality of the programming. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's, that's, uh, that just goes back to this theme that I, th- I think is really affected W business over the last several years is that they rely less and less on the money that they get directly from you, the wrestling fan. And they rely more and more on the valuable business partnerships that they have with it. Oh yeah, by the way, I forgot about Saudi Arabia in, in that, which is their, their like number four business partner, even when you put it up against their TV partners. Um, so yeah, it, and, and I think that goes back to, I think, with the way a lot of people feel when they watch W programming, they feel frustrated by it and they feel like it maybe doesn't care about them and it doesn't respect their intelligence. And in some ways, they don't really need you as much as they needed you in the past. I mean, yeah, they need you. If you all went away, their, their business partnerships would be worth nothing. But, um, you know, that's not where they're getting their money, not directly from you. It's you know? a brand that almost can't be really hurt that bad. I mean, there's a dip in numbers, but nothing. Yeah. Well, they, they're, they're enormously financially successful over the last several years because of the TV deals that they've gotten. Stock price has gone up, whatever it is, 6X, 7X. And it's not because the product got more popular. It's not because more people are watching wrestling. It's not because more people are going to the shows. They're not. It's because of the media situation that they find themselves in where all of a sudden, Everybody's got a smartphone in their pocket and everybody's, you know, got their attention split up among all these activities that live programming has become enormously valuable. And guess what they've got? Lots of live programming. So they've sort of just happened to find themselves in this situation where the thing that they've got quite a bit of has become multiple times more valuable than it was several years ago. Now nine hours on major broadcast networks. And damn it, they'll make more. (laughs) So... Or seven hours, I'm sorry. Seven hours. Still seven hours. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, I, I, if you take AEW out of it, I think it's a smart move in the aspect of it is, it is a popular brand. Why not put it out there? Um, I mean, the talent is just absolutely tremendous. You look at the takeovers, the, the atmosphere that, that they get there. But does this move even happen if AEW is, is not a thing? I doubt. Probably not. Maybe it's something that happened before. I think, I think there were, you know, I think this was something that we had probably discussed on, on previous episodes. Of was this USA's idea? That, that's the thing to think of, too. Did know. USA Network go, hey, can you replace this SmackDown? I get mm-hmm. the Fox deal. You guys had yeah. to take it. I, Maybe. We're business people, too. But can you re- can you replace SmackDown? And then... yeah. Well, here's one other thing to discuss. How bad of a thing is this for AEW? They're going to be going head-to-head with another wrestling program. That's not a good thing. However, I think in, in some sense, there's at least this pro to it that, yeah, they're going to be going against another wrestling brand, but this kind of puts more at least media attention and maybe in some sense fan attention on, on this because now it's not just, you know, they're a new show, but now there's a wrestling war. 
just like there was not not just like, but in yeah. some ways, like there was on Monday nights from ninety five to two thousand one. Is this is you know these aren't the, the the number one and number two brands in wrestling, but but uh, this is this is the biggest fight that WWE's had to face since two thousand one, and uh, there there will be a lot of media stories about it. There'll be a lot of media attention, and maybe there'll be even a little bit more attention on AEW because of it. Although you do have a what is at this moment a strong wrestling brand in NXT to go up against? My prediction is the first month there's going to be a lot of channel switching. NXT maybe be beating them. You're going to see a lot of main roster stars, I think, on the NXT brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think what eventually happens is after a month or two, Chris Cole a- brought me seltzers. AEW a- a- starts kind of winning that ratings war because then people realize, you know what? I'll just watch NXT on the network tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Thursday. I, I'll just watch. It'll be available on Thursday at eight. I'll just watch NXT on the network tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then I think Vince then go, it, it's going to be interesting to see what USA is going to air on Tuesday nights. Cause if it's a very replaceable program, I could absolutely see before the end of the year, NXT flipping from Wednesday to Tuesdays. Go back for that built in wrestling brand. And then Vince is I can't lost. believe nobody's running Tuesdays eight to 10. Yeah, but there's, there's basketball on. It's just, it's a built in wrestling. Audience that you're yeah. just walking away from. Um, just one one thing that we didn't mention. Uh, if in case anybody's wanting, Takeover still going to be on the W Network, so it's going to yes. kind of serve serve as their their pay per view still, right? So which all the pay-per-views from SmackDown. And and I guess so something else interesting to think about is um is there going to be uh, international TV deals now for NXT? Maybe I, I I can't see why they wouldn't try to shop that around since they're holding uh. Holding off putting NXT TV on the network for a whole day. So maybe they'll try to sell NXT in the UK, in India, and in all their other I think they wouldn't have a problem doing that. Yeah. So maybe there's more TV rights money to be had for NXT. So I just, it, it's, it's interesting, you know? I remember, uh, I think it was like 2015 when NXT did their first house show of a, that was more than a, you know, banquet hall size venue when they went, it was a WrestleMania weekend. And, you know, they drew a few thousand people to a, a venue in San Jose and uh, you've got Triple H, you know, just taking his phone out and doing like a Periscope live video of like he's panning this huge, huge crowd that his brand drew. And then like turned, guys do it indie shows and it's like a great yeah, house. Yeah. And then turning the, the smartphone back to to his face and being like, development on my ass. So he, but it is a, um, they, they took a brand that was supposed to be just developmental and turned it into a real money maker. So they deserve credit for that. Um, Come yeah. a long, long way from the days of FCW, Deep South, yeah. OBW, Power Pro. Like, yeah. And, and in some ways, I feel like, you know, as a, as a, as a critical optimist in the, of the pro wrestling industry, I think this is kind of, you know, yeah, this is what pro wrestling always could be. And for a long time, WWE was kind of in denial of what the indies really could be. And, and I think NXT is in, in many ways an adaptation of the energy that was going on in the indies. And they're sort of, you know, bringing it in and accepting it and promoting it in many ways properly. And monetizing it properly. So they have a lot of people down there in Florida, but they're still going to need more talent. Yeah. Um, there was a, a wrestling promoter, uh, mentioned a comment too. He goes, they're still going to want more talent. Like now, yes. now more. Great time number. to be a pro wrestler. Huh? Great time to be a pro yes. wrestler. As yeah. I tell these people all the time. It is, it is a, all the levels down to referees. It ring, yeah. uh, as a ring announcer myself, I feel like I maybe have a shot to be somewhere. Yeah. So uh, if, if you, if you're, uh, Looking to invest in, in in the pro wrestling industry to become a pro wrestler, you can come train here. Grapplers Anonymous Pro Wrestling Training. Go to grapplersanonymous.com. You can find information out about it. But by the way, WrestleNomics today is a 100% vegan podcast. Did you know that? That is true. 100% plant-based. Plant, plant-based for sure. 
Coconut paste. Chris, Chris Gull is a new vegan. Uh, over eight months now. Eight I months. feel, I feel like I am, I'm past that new wow. stage. Wow. You're, you're a, you're a veteran vegan. I've not mentioned anything on social media about it. I feel like I'm going to wait till like my one year anniversary. Okay. Yeah. And then I can get on the meatless river. You on the meat listed on the meatless river? No. The Blackwood what? is. The what? The meatless rib is all wrestlers and wrestling personalities that are vegan. It's like just a big list. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. Have to look I don't know this. if you're listed or not. I, I, w- I was alerted that I, uh, that there is now a Brandon Thurston hashtag. On BrooklynVegan.com, though, that's pretty awesome because they that, there's like a a page about the, uh, the every time I die wrestling show in December, yeah, and, and I'm listed in it, and somehow there's a, a hashtag. But anyway, yeah. Anything else to add before we wrap up here? No, just it is a great time to be a wrestling fan, it really to is. be involved in wrestling, no matter what level you're on. It's just th- this is going to be interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch in the fall. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I really do believe it's a great time to be a pro wrestler. I, I wrote a note to to a, you know a lot of people who train here uh, on our Facebook group at the beginning of the year, and how you know this is the best time in decades, I mean, in some ways the best time ever to be a pro wrestler. So I, I I'm 34 years old, but who who knows what I'm going to do in wrestling? But you know, for a lot of these these guys who are and, and you know whoever who starts training here, there this you can really take this pretty far. It, it used to be when I started wrestling, it was a much longer shot. The idea of making a living in wrestling, you know, and now we've got people making a living on the indies, just being independent wrestlers, you know. So I think if you, if you uh, work hard enough at it and get enough people to like you and respect you and recommend you. What are the other things? I was giving a lecture the other day about what these, these four things that matter in wrestling. And, and your wrestling ability is like the fourth thing. Remarkability. The, the first thing is, you know, getting people to like you and respect you and recommend you, a.k.a. nepotism. Uh, number two is, uh, I think, like, your personality or your look, your appearance. Do you look like a wrestler or do you look different? Do you stand out? Uh, and then number three, I think, is like your, your charisma slash personality slash ability slash entrance, whatever. And then number four, the least important thing, but the foundational thing, the in-ring wrestling ability. So, yeah, if you want to become a wrestler, it's a great time to do it. No, I thank you for having me on. Yeah, yeah. You can follow Chris Gullo at? Uh, Chris Gullo yeah. on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. Uh, I, tweet, I tweet here and there, so. I got the Chris Gullo comedy page. I also tell jokes, too, other than wrestling, so. So follow me at Brandon Thurston at WrestleNomics uh, at Farmer underscore Thurston on Instagram. Thanks to the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network for hosting us as always, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>